When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Rum Around League podcast. I'm your host, former NFL scout, Tyler Roman. In today's episode, Dan Snyder is dead and gone. A day us fans never thought we'd see. It feels like a weight has been lifted and we finally have our team back. Finally have a bright future ahead of us, hopefully. So I'm going to look back at my take of these last 24 dreadful years. I've been playing alive for 29, so this era of Washington football, unfortunately, is all I know. A lot to get to, so let's get started. All right, so obviously, you know, when he took over the reins in 1999, his team has been a joke ever since he, you know, took over on and off the field. Um, he's an absolute horrible person, uh, and hopefully he will never be heard of again from this point forward. Um, obviously, we know what he's done off the field with all the findings, and they finally released a Mary Joe White report yesterday. He's fined $60 million, probably still not enough, but, um, you know, it's better than nothing, I guess. But, um, you know, he just is a creep, and I'm glad he's, he's not going to be associated with this team anymore. Um, his record as an owner was 164, 220, and 2, and 2-6 and in the playoffs. Um, so that's 56 games under 500. So that's obviously a horrible record and nothing uh, to what the, that team was before he took over. Um, he just been a black ball for this franchise. I mean, even, you know, I'm sure every other fan can relate to this, telling other people you're a Commanders fan and getting like a laugh or just a, a sorry for you kind of thing just based on the product on and off the field. It was embarrassing. And he was the main culprit behind it. And it's just finally time for him to move on and just way overdue, obviously. Um, and again, we never thought I'd be to see the day just because he was on the younger side. We thought maybe he had to deal another 20, 30 years of this. And, um, you know, luckily he's gone and, you know, this can help, hopefully you know, build a day for people in my age group who I, I turned 29 last week and this is all, I'm, all I know. Um, you younger fans, um, you're coming up, hopefully future generations, you know, my kids will be able to feel something like this, an actual winning fr- franchise. I've heard all the good stories of this team um, for my dad who had the best gift ever. His birthday was yesterday, July 20th, and he got the team, you know, and under Snyder's control. So I think it's probably the best case he's ever gotten. And, um, you know, I've heard stories of how this team was great in the 70s and 80s with, you know, Art Monk, Dale Green, um, the Fun Bunch, uh, the Hogs, Gibbs. But again, it's just nothing but a wise tale to me and, 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 you know, old videos. And same thing, my uncle will tell me the same things. And it just, it's always just seems like, I feel like a pipe dream for, you know, me. And my brother, who's, older than me and got to experience the last Super Bowl but nothing really else ever since so um I just you know it's it's definitely a nice a extremely gratifying day for you know people in my age group but I'm sure it means even more for the people that saw you know, the 40 and 45 and over crowd that actually saw this franchise at its greatest one at one day and now they get to see it come back to it you know they you know, I felt like they've taken it away and I'm sure it's even more gratifying for them because, like I said, they, they at least experienced some really good success with this franchise, and I never got that. And, and uh, speaking for a lot of people, you know, my kind of age demographic didn't, but you know, hopefully we'll be able to see that. Um, like I said, he had, he had six playoff appearances, 
two division titles and only two playoff wins. Um, always met on decisions. You could start, you know, right away when he took over with Dion, who seemed like he was going to retire until Washington, you know, threw a little boatload of money at him. Bruce Smith at the end of his career. Jeff George, who was an absolute horrible decision, uh, basically letting Brad Johnson go. Albert Hainsworth, I think, is the most noteworthy one. Give him $100 million and never, ever made an impact for this team. Adam Marchaletta is another one that was a horrible decision. I think really that can just correlate to, you know, letting a guy like Ryan Clark walk, who went on to have a great career with the Steelers and, you know, touch on it a little later, but he was really close to Sean Taylor. And, you know, who knows, knows if he could have, uh, you know, helped with that night. I, I've heard Ryan say that, you know, he would have told him not to go to Tampa. I mean, go back to Florida that week. And, but obviously who knows that could never could have been a difference. But again, I just think it's, there's some more ties to that just in Archuleta because right. The domino effect was losing Sean's best friend and a really good safety. Ryan Clark was, hundred times better than Archuleta ever was. Uh, Donovan McNabb, the trade of in, 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 in the division, which uh, obviously we should have known when Andy Reid was giving us someone in the division, he kind of knew he was done. And McNabb never did anything for this team. Jeremiah Trotter, another former Eagle that came over. He did have good years after leaving Washington back in Philly, but um, was horrible Washington. The coaches, Steve Spurrier was a joke. Jim Zorn was a joke. Jim Zorn was only given the job after the fan base was upset. Um, that um, didn't want John Fossil, and I don't think I mean John Fossil wasn't great, but he put it probably better than Zorn. Um, draft picks like Devin Thomas, Mountain Kelly, who never gave came to mount anything. You know, the medical staff was telling the whole team not to draft Mountain Kelly to his knees, and they still did, and obviously never really played to an effective manner with Washington. A trade for Jason Taylor, who was at the end of his career in Miami, um, played one year here in Washington. The way that Champ and Trent Williams exited, you know, Champ obviously is going to be a Hall of Fame, or he's already in the Hall of Fame, and uh, they didn't want to pay him here. Snyder had a rift with him, and now he was in Denver, and now he's never going to really be associated with Washington, and that's a shame, but, you know, Champ would have been a great, you know, Washington player for the rest of his career, and unfortunately that just didn't happen. Obviously, the Clinton Portis, you know, coming back, he's one of the best running backs in franchise history, but... The, the icing on the cake for that was somehow giving up Champ Bailey and a second round pick for Clinton Portis, which is asinine. But again, that's, you know, the story of Dan Snyder's tenure. Trent Williams, who's also going to be a Hall of Famer. And, you know, yes, he's going to play the majority of his career in Washington, but it was such an ugly exit between him and Bruce and Snyder. And he could still be playing for us. I mean, he, the top 10 um, tackles were just released by the ESPN Insider Poll, which is a poll from executives in the league. And Trent's still number one at age 34. So, and we're... We have Charles Leno. And no offense, Leno's an average court tackle, but not Trent Williams. You have Serato, who was a horrible GM. Bruce Allen was a horrible GM. The biggest quote for him is winning off the field, and he's another guy that's a piece of crap that should never have been in this position. Sherman Lewis coming in, at, who was calling out bingo before he came in and helped play calling for Jim Zorn. That's how bad it was during the Zorn era. The handling of Mary, Marty Schottenheimer, who actually was, you know, turned this team around after an 0-5 start in that 0-1 season to finish 8-8, but... Snyder didn't like how Marty took over the team like he should have, and he was a you know, great coach and never and went on to have success in San Diego, obviously, and had success before he got to Washington. Failed draft picks like, you know, obviously rest in peace with Dwayne Haskins. That was another pick that the team didn't really want, but Snyder wanted and turned out to be exactly what they thought he was on the field. Jahan Doxson, who was a first-round pick, didn't obviously work out. Darius Geis, who was very troubled off the field and turned out to be troubled off the field when he got to Washington. Um... Leron Landry, another guy who was a high pick who had some moments, but you know, another guy that just didn't ever live up to his potential. And that's obviously more draft picks with some of the ones that come to my head. Um, 
But again, that's just it's it's sad reading that off. But that's the life of a Washington fan. Um, you know, since 1999, um, just to kind of correlate what my favorite players and moments have been compared to guys that, like I said, in their 40s and 50s and over, who had you know actual Super Bowl winning memories. These are the best of my memories and players that I had growing up. I mean, as Hanton Moss, my favorite player growing up, Sean Taylor as well. Um, above those guys, CP, all three from the U. Um, those are the guys that I hung my hat on. Chris Cooley, obviously. Robert Griffin III, Jordan Reed, Trent Williams, Arakpo, Ryan Kerrigan. Um, the guys that all you know I liked and you know was rooting for as a child. And um, obviously, one of the biggest moments really of my life, and really just as a fan, was unfortunately the Sean Taylor tragedy. One of the you know worst moments of my life. I always remember where I was and how that happened. I was in middle school, and um, obviously it's not you know correlated to Snyder, but that's just unfortunately one of the main memories from this era. And it's. A horrible day for this franchise history and something these fans would never forget he still obviously holds an impact on this team the way the fan base was still upset the way it was handled to the sean taylor memorial at the kansas city game a year ago um you know, they still need to do right by him like they did the little statue or whatever you want to call it, it doesn't look great but if the family's happy with it which it seems like it then that's all that matters but um again that's stuff that could have been handled better um and you know you gotta look at snyder for that obviously some moments on the field as though some of the all members of Monday Night Football Miracle back in 05, Santana, Mark Burdell hit Santana twice down the field within you know, two or three minutes to win the game against Dallas, 14-13. Um, I was a huge Santana fan when we traded for him, but then that kind of cemented his status that year in 2005, his first year with him. That was my favorite. That was my guy growing up. And um, he made the Pro Bowl that year. I still remember his, his stat line from his 884 catches, 1,483 yards. I think a 17.6 average and nine touchdowns. Like, I got to fact check that, but I think it was. It just showed you the nerd I was growing up. And um, the win versus Tampa Bay in the playoffs that year, Sean Taylor had a fumble recovery for a touchdown. I actually went that game with my, my dad it, down in Tampa. We were already in the area in Florida visiting Disney World, so that was one of the greatest moments. That was probably the greatest moment or greatest game I've ever been to was that. But then, unfortunately, the next week we were up 14-0 against Seattle, lost, and if Carlos Rodgers had any semblance of hands, could have went up 21 nothing, and maybe had a chance to go to the NFC Championship, something this team has, hasn't done since the 90s. So um, uh, that was probably the farthest we got. Um, 07, the loss of Seattle in the first round after the, you know, the Sean Taylor um, tragedy. Um, those run of the playoffs in 05, 07, 12. And, and even then, every time this team has gotten to the playoffs, when I everyone was telling me, oh, they, this team was dominant. They expected to win. It was about how much they won. The team, the times this team won the playoffs during my lifetime, it always had to be a run. In 05, they were 5-6, and six, had to win out to go 10-6, and six, get in the playoffs to get a wild card. 07, they were 5-7, and seven, had to win the last four to get to 9-7 and seven and get in as a wild card. 2012, obviously, um, with Robert, started 3-6, and six, won seven in a row to get 10-6. And, six. and um, Seattle up 14 nothing, and then Robert finally unfortunately shredded his knee and it was over and you know who knows that was the probably the best team that I ever had that was the best season I had as, as a fan and had a lot of good moments as my brother watching it that was my first year of college and um even then like I said ended in tragedy it, it, even the best year it was um I, uh, even the trade for him that was one of the greatest moments I knew we were getting Robert I had to celebrate we watched the draft and it was happening my, my brother and I made uh, to to do their RG3 acronym, we did ribs, uh, grilled chicken, and triple chocolate brownies to do RG3. And uh, that was something I always remember. And obviously the rookie season, he won rookie of the year. It looked like we found our quarterback after 20, 30 years of not having one. And then, of course, it ended in, again, tragedy with his injury. And I think Snyder can you know, be attributed to that because it seemed like Snyder got in his head, told him he wanted to 
he needed to basically talk to Shanahan about how he's going to go about things. And, you know, he's a dropback passer. And I know Robert has his fault. I'm not saying he isn't, but I think when you have a guy like Snyder that empowered him and thinks he could do stuff and made him overmind or whatever you want to say, undermine the Shanahan's. And Shanahan's were great for Robert with his their system. He could have been what Lamar Jackson is right now even better. He really could have. I really, um, you know, feel that way. And it just, like I said, ended in the way it wasn't supposed to. And then even this team feels cursed. We finally got a nice toy, and then it just got taken away with us just like that and ended horribly. And um, But, again, that was a great season. Uh, even starting out three and six, he had moments, even when we're losing against the Giants, um, when he had that fourth and ten play that I've always loved. Um, the touchdown running against Minnesota, 76 yards um, to, you know, seal the game. Um, Dallas on Thanksgiving Day, you know, the five touchdowns or four touchdowns, whatever, when a couple to Santana, Pierre Garçon, um, it was just great. And um, even clinching Dallas that year, the last game of the season, to beat Dallas at home, winner take all, Rob Jackson interception over the, the Tony Romo throw in the flat. Um, you know, to seal it and take it all the way um, was great. And again, that was Seattle. We were up 14 nothing. I really think we could have beat Atlanta the next week and they could have beat Seattle the next week and, and it's a championship. But again, I may be too optimistic, but again, that was the greatest season I had as a fan. And again, it's, unfortunately, it still ended in a horrible way. Um, really, some of the best moves, and this has nothing to do with Snyder, I think under this team was drafting Chris Samuels, you know, with third overall in 2000 or second overall, whatever it was. Um, trading for Santana, Lavernius Coles wanted out. Uh, they were able to get him um, in the Lavernius Coles trade back from the Jets. Obviously, Sean Taylor fifth overall. Um, obviously, the big um, deb- um, debate that year was him or Kellen Winslow, and Kellen Winslow turned out to be a horrible person off the field. Both you guys, Clinton Portis was pounding the table for Sean, uh, and luckily Sean, you know, became Washington Redskin. Signing Lon Fletcher, borderline Hall of Famer, arguably should be a Hall of Famer. Um, that was probably the best free agent signing under his under his watch. D'Angelo Hall was another good free agent signing midseason after a local Oakland Raiders cut him. Trent Williams, there was a big debate that year if it was him or Russell Kuhn. Russell Kuhn had a solid career, but he's been out of the league for three or four years now, and Trent is still going strong and is you know, first ballot Hall of Famer. Rakpo was a solid first-round pick at 13th overall in 2009. Kerrigan was a great first pick. First-round pick at 16th overall in 2011. Um, uh, Alfred Morris was a hell of a steal in the sixth round in the 2012 draft. That was a great... You know, draft class with Robert and Alfred, if obviously Robert turned out. Even getting Kirk in the fourth round, obviously, we say which one about Kirk, but he did have a couple solid years with this team, probably the most consistent, solid quarterback play this team has seen in the last 20 years. Um, but, um, you know, that, that there was you know some potential there. Uh, they did make the playoffs one year under Kirk. Um, the Pierre Garçon signing was a great signing. Uh, a couple thousand yards under his career. He broke the record, the franchise record for catches in the season. Helped out Mark when he had 113 in 2013. Um... Even signing Adrian Peterson halfway, well, I guess right before camp and making him a thousand yard rusher for this team when they had injuries. Um, you know, a solid signing. Terry McLaurin, don't attribute that to anyone on the staff or Snyder. I think it was overlooked at Ohio State. Um, you know, being with all that talent and that, and, and that receiver core at Ohio State, he always had the potential, but everyone thought he was going to be a great special teamer. No one thought he'd be this good. That all a testament to Terry. Um, but obviously, he's one of the you know greatest picks of this franchise really the last 20, 30 years. Jonathan Allen and Ron Payne were great first-round picks. Both guys got second contracts and, you know, top defense tackles in the league. Finding Cam Crow in the seventh round in 2020, um, that was another great pick. Um, probably would have been higher if it wasn't the COVID year when he was able to show his pro days in combine. But um, either way, he's a steal for Washington and hopefully will be here for years to come. 
All right, moving forward to the future. Um, Josh Harris seems like that guy. He has a press conference today. I'm recording this before he has it at FedEx Field. Um, but I did you know, listen to his opening statement last, um, last yeah, excuse me, yesterday. And he was music to the ears of you know every fan, I think. Uh, he seemed like a really genuinely nice guy. He has, uh, you know, obviously a uh, resume as a owner being part being an owner of the Sixers and New Jersey Devils. Um, and I just really have high hopes for him. He's not Snyder, and that's the, the greatest thing. But he, he definitely could show ties to the area, saying he grew up here. This team kind of embodies what he is as a person. Um, he, he rattled off Art Monk, Daryl Green, the Fun Bunch, Theismann, um, the Hogs, Joe Gibbs. Um, uh, that's just great to know that he, I mean, he's, he's a long, long-time fan, local guy. And that's just, you know, something that this team is refreshing to have someone that obviously made it a point that it's not just enough to be a fan. You've got to be a steward for the owners. I mean, this fan group and, you know, turn around this team um, on and off the field. And that's, you know, music to our ears. Also great to have a guy like Matty Johnson, who's a very successful um, businessman, and obviously one of the best NBA players of all time. It's cool to have a, a face like that as part of his ownership group um, and something, you know, again, owners that we can be proud of and something that we've never really had for the last 25 years. Future as this team, um, we have, I think this is the best talent this team has had for a while outside of quarterback. Um, like I said, Terry McLaurin, top 10 NFL receiver. He was validated that when the, the same ESPN pool for top 10 receivers came out and he was ninth in just Madden. But I think he's he was ranked eighth in Madden as the highest rated receiver. Um, and he deserves it. Imagine if he had an actual consistent quarterback, he'd be top five. So um, you have Terry, you have Jonathan Allen, um, top 10 defensive tackle, De'Ron Payne, top 10 defensive tackle. Yeah, the Chase Young Montez Sweat combo. Obviously, both might not be here next year. Only one of them, um, but I obviously always have high hopes for them. I really hope Chase is going to have that breakout year and stays healthy. I think this is the, the time to do it. I expect double digit sacks for him. I guess the Montez, you know, getting double double digit sacks well, both in contract years. Um, so let's see what they can do. Um, you know, going the next year, um, and and really this, those four that I just mentioned could really elevate this team to, um, you know, really a playoff caliber organization. Cam Crew, who I mentioned earlier. I think he's a top 10 safe in this league, top 10, top 12. Um, he's going to get paid like it here soon. Derek Forrest had a great second year going into year three. Him and Curl, the best safety duo this team has had really probably since Sean and Ryan Clark. Jahan Dotson, he's going to be a number, another number one receiver for this team. So going to have you know him and Terry, and Jahan's going to be a breakout year. Manuel Forbes, I have high hopes for as the first round you know corner for this past year. He's going to be a ball hawk like he was in Mississippi State. He's going to really elevate the secondary. Jamin Davis, another young guy going into year three, I think he's going to take off. Brian Robinson Jr. and Antonio Gibson in the backfield. A really good one-two punch, thunder, and lightning that hopefully this team can build with. And then obviously quarterback's the biggest thing. Maybe Sam Howell shows that he can be a solid answer for this team and someone they can um, trust and really just really steer the, steer the ship and not do too much um, to really mess it up. And maybe Sam could do that, and hopefully he can. He had obviously had his moments in North Carolina, but he's the guy. Let's see what he can do in 2023. And if he's not the answer, then they got to move on. And maybe with a new owner, they can have some uh, an attraction from either a veteran free agent or trade asset. Or, you know, obviously the prize next year is Caleb Williams, a D.C. native. But obviously this team's going to have to tank to get that or, you know, trade up everything they have to get up there next year. Obviously, Ron Rivera's on the hot seat, even if there wasn't a new owner going into year four. Under 500 record. Um, this could be his last year. This is a make or break year. If he got off to a slow start again, he definitely could be fired with a new owner. Um, obviously, the front office give me trouble too. Marty Harney, Martin Mayu, everyone's on borrowed time right now. So I could really see BNME being the head coach here in 2024. He's the hot name in the coach cycle, anyways. If his offense takes, um, you know, takes off, he could be promoted. Maybe Ron wants to retire and gives the reins of BNME anyways. 
or they don't want to lose Bienemy as a good offense and this team struggles and Bienemy is the guy. So I could really see the 50 50 shot. I think Bienemy is a hit goes 2024. I think it's maybe 25% chance Ron's still here next year, unless they have a great year. So we'll see what happens. So either way, such an exciting day for this fan base, and I couldn't be happier. Well, with that, that concludes the Roman League episode. We can finally be excited for our team as a fan base. It's a glorious and refreshing day for this city and this franchise. Here's to a special 2023 season. Next week, I'll be back with a look at this team's 20 most important players for next season. You can follow me on Twitter at NFLScout21 and Instagram at RomanLeague underscore pod. Thanks for listening. Please rate and subscribe. This is your host, Tyler Roman, signing off. See you next time.